to Uncorked, the podcast brought to you by the Corker Co., where we have the sweet privilege of featuring remarkable humans in the world. And as per always, our goal is to share the stories and tales of, uh, in this case, a founder that you might not be able to find out online. Um, so with us today is Joanna. Joanna is the CEO and founder of Nix. Is it Nix or Nixware, Joe? Um, it's, a, it's officially Nix. <laughs> we started working with Joanna when it was Nixware, and they've since gone through a rebrand. And uh, yeah, Joe, you were a total highlight, a treat to meet last year. And it's been a lot of fun um, working together as you build a team out of our hometown, Toronto, Ontario, on the other side of this country. Uh, so without further ado, Joe, let's dive into it. Sure. Love to. Tell us, tell us about you. What are you up to right now? <laughs> um, you know, just the like small audacious goal of trying to redefine an entire category, uh, yes. which is um, really fun and um, ever dynamic. Uh, but what we're trying to do in, in short is we're trying to reimagine women's intimate apparel. So reimagine what products can be and the role that they can serve in women's lives. And then um, simultaneously, we're trying to encourage and empower women to let go a lot of, let go of a lot of the, the BS that's kind of put up upon women and to really just encourage our customers and our community to um, have the comfort and the confidence to do whatever it is that they want. Amen. Yeah. Defining a category. And I, I like to send you notes that say you're redefining how women feel naked. Mm. And it's so sexy. Um, if you're not already following Nix on Instagram, go check them out at Nix because it's, uh, that's K N I X. Um, your, your social team's doing a great job of making sure that women of all shapes and sizes and stories feel like they have a place and uh, that's a really beautiful thing. Oh, well, thank you. I think, um, you know, it all comes from our customers and our community. And I think one of the big changes that we've, we've made over the past year is um, we're trying to do less talking and just like really use our community and our, our social channels as, and our website for that matter as a platform to kind of just showcase all of the incredible things that our customers are doing and, showcase their like personal transformations. Um, and so if our social has gotten any better over the past like few months, it's because that's something that we're really like just embracing and, and trying to do more of. So, um, I'm glad that it's working. <laughs> it's totally working. So I want to know the impetus behind starting this. You've mm -hmm. had it for almost six years. Is that right? I've been Working on it for six years, yeah. So um, started the company officially five years ago when I was 28. Um, and I think like the inception point was like what sparked everything was just a really candid conversation with my mom, who's um, a doctor, mother of four, um, about the realities of being a woman and what happens to your body in different life stages and phases. And I mean, the female form is a really complicated <laughs> <laughs> and like lots of stuff happens um and some of it is talked about and some of it isn't talked about but initially got inspired to start Nix um 
when I learned that one in three women during pregnancy, post-pregnancy can like leak a little if they like laugh or sneeze or do a jumping jack and, you know, imagining my life and really just feeling like there was a huge disconnect. Um, the only option at the time was sort of the diaper brands, like Depends that were right. sold in drugstores and that could not have felt further away from a brand and a product that I identified with. Um, and so I'd say it started rooted in like a very real human need and kind of pain point. Um, and then as I started doing the research, which I spent um, all in all about two years doing, and I interviewed like hundreds of women um, and throughout those conversations, the two things that I really identified were that like women wanted better products for one reason or another. So whether it had to do with like preventing leaks um, or it had to do with a bra that you didn't want to rip off at the end of the day or something that supported larger bust sizes or, you know, um, for a whole bunch of different reasons, women were kind of unsatisfied with this category, which is crazy because it's the first thing we put on and it's the last thing that we take off. Mm. Um, and then the other piece that I heard just so loud and clear, and this was back in like 2011. So Instagram had like just taken off, but wasn't that widely used. And it was definitely before this whole like body positivity thing was very trendy and in fashion was that women were really craving um, a brand in the intimates category that represented them and who they were. And that was a whole lot less prescriptive. Like at the time, you kind of, women were being told like, okay, you can be this really functional kind of person, or you can be like a Reebok CrossFit junkie, or you can be a Victoria's Secret sex bot. And, you know, um, we were kind of being classified into these different stereotypes of like who a woman was. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is that like women more than ever are so dynamic and we play a lot of different roles. We wear lots of different hats and, um, you know, there was the opportunity to create a, a brand that showcased all of that diversity and applauded it and um, was a lot less prescriptive in how products were meant to be used. Um, and so that kind of like set us off on our path and definitely was really key to our, our um, you know, um, usage of our customers as our models, which we've done since 2013 when we launched and like really taking um, what I hope is and what I hope translates like a much more authentic kind of storytelling approach to um, building a brand. Oh, absolutely. I mean, for our listeners, if you don't already um, subscribe to Nix, because when I get your stories of your people in my inbox, I cry. <laughs> stunning. And today's, I mean, even today's was about a sweet girl and oh gosh, it's, it's really real. And I mean, I can tell you as, as a woman that does not have a large chest, I've never known what it's like for, for people. And, um, yet I've known many women that have had breast reductions and whatnot because boobs are a real thing. And mm -hmm. my gosh, bless you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think the stories are really amazing. Oh. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Totally. They're super cool. They're super yeah. cool. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, as you perfectly categorize, dare we say, the competitors, um, would you say that Nyx is out to to own the category of a woman being a woman, um, and not the CrossFitter, and not the 
the sex bot or who's, who's the audience for Nick? Yeah. I mean, I think they, we span a whole range of different, I get asked that question a lot because, yeah. you know, we make like, we make sports bras and we make like a whole different range of products. And, um, you know, to me, um, for our customer being active is a part of who they are. And so right. of course we're going to make a product for when they want to be active, you know right. what I mean? Um, and we're in an interesting spot because, um, you know, our, the age, the age range of our customers is so diverse. What is it? Can you share? With I us? mean, like, honestly, we have, we have like teens that buy from us. And then we have women in their like seventies and eighties that buy from us. And wow. we have like really cool stories about like moms who buy for their daughters and then buy for their moms. And like, Aww. it's very, it's cool. Like, yeah. yeah, it really, really is. And I think, you know, our core customer base is sort of in that 25 to 45 age range and yeah. they are, they're busy, they're active. They have a lot on the go. Um, we have a lot of moms, um, new moms, like that kind of thing. But what I've seen that's really, really cool is that I think that NYX is more about um, a mentality and a state of mind than it is about an age. And it's really about kind of, um, I mean, like, I don't know what language I'm allowed to use in your podcast, but whatever you need to drop. <laughs> sure. I think it's, I think it's when you get to the point where you're just so fed up with the bullshit and you finally are like, you know what, I'm going to put my comfort first and I'm going to wear products that'll allow me to do whatever the hell that I want. Yeah. Um, and I often akin it to like when, you know, in my, in, I don't know, I can't speak for everyone, but in my twenties, I wore stilettos to work every single day. Right. Um, and I like look back at that time period and I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> like, right. how, did I, how did I ever do that? And, you know, when you buy your first like awesome pair of sneakers that like look really good, you can wear them out and you can do all these things in them. And all of a sudden, like, you just feel so free, you know, you can yeah. like, you can, do a whole bunch of things that you weren't able to do before. And I kind of liken it to that, but yeah. um, it really, it's about crossing that threshold where you're like, you know what? Like I, I come first, my comfort comes first. And um, that can happen at all different ages. Um, you know, the age at which you start to accept yourself and start, stop being so hard on yourself can happen at all different ages. And I can speak firsthand that, for me, it happened through creating Nix. It happened through having hundreds of women be photographed in their underwear for our brand and like their, their courage, you know? Um, and now that I've come over to the other side, um, and I mean, like I'm someone who's been a size four, I've been a size like 16 to 18, like I've kind of crossed the gamut, but Mm -hmm. now that I've come over to this side, I just want every other woman to come and join me and join us. Because life is so much better when you're not being so negative and hard on yourself Mm. and trying to, you know, try and trying to be something for other people and just being authentic to who you are. Like it's a pretty magical thing that happens. Yeah. Okay. I want to go back to Joe and stilettos though. Um, (laughs) What was that time period in your life? What were you doing? And you must not have loved it enough to stick with it if an idea or a conversation with your mom would have sparked doing something else. But I'm always interested in what, what were entrepreneurs doing before they decided to become an entrepreneur? Yeah. So, um, I grew up singing and was like fanatical about music and the business side of music. So my first job right out of college was I was, uh, 
in media and artist relations at Universal Music, which is the largest record company in the world. Um, sort of had like a dream job for all intensive purposes. I was 21 and I basically got paid to like entertain rock stars and, you know, get them press coverage and, and take them out for dinners and stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. So it was great. Um, it was a lot of fun. It wasn't like the most fulfilling from a personal standpoint. So I, in 2008, right before the recession hit, I, um, I quit and I, dropped everything and moved to Bolivia to do development work um, and um, had like a really transformative experience there, totally outside of my comfort zone, had to learn a new language, um, was doing work for a micro, micro venture capital fund, which like I knew absolutely nothing about, um, but had like a really awesome experience from a learning and development standpoint and grew so much as a human during that period of time where I kind of recognized that like, I thrive in a challenge and I thrive when I'm outside of my comfort zone, which I think as an entrepreneur, like you can either embrace it or you can totally shut down, you know, um, totally. and, and like you have to, and I'm sure you know this stuff, like you have to be a learning self-discovery junkie as an entrepreneur, because you're just, it's all about your ability to interact with other people. And, you know, you, you have to be adapting and learning every single day. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, yeah, I did a stint back in media where I um, worked at the Toronto International Film Festival, like running all of their red carpets and press conferences and stuff. And then at CBC, which is the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. So a lot of stuff in the media and entertainment industry, um, which was cool and I love have always loved the concept of like creating amazing experiences for people um which I think we try to do as a brand as well now um and I love content I love storytelling which ironically enough we try to do a whole bunch of the brand now too yeah um but it yeah I think you know there was always a part of it that felt like um something was missing um and I don't I, I wouldn't have taken the leap of faith when it comes to Nick's if I hadn't have spent so much time talking to all of these women and feeling like just this insanely strong emotional connection um, and seeing the opportunity of, of what we could do to change the way that people feel about themselves because, you know, selling product is great and making money is great. And like, I'm not going to bash any of those things, but um, the, I, I think any company that has like a higher level mission or a higher level purpose is just what is like the most exciting, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Of course. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I get to wear whatever I want now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You should all follow Joe on social. She does a great job of sharing like wear testing. <laughs> what does this mean? Yeah. Yeah, yesterday, yesterday um, when I had a whole bunch of wires hooked up to my what? body. Awesome. <laughs> and it's so true. It's so great. How long does it take to get in and out of a sports, a bra, let alone a sports bra, just a bra? That's, that's real. It's a quirky human, it's a, it was a quirky experiment, but that's um, awesome. Really fun. Yeah. 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 So when you started talking to women, did you yeah. know that you were going to create an intimate line? Did you know that was the end goal or yeah. Yeah. in your discovery? Um, so I knew that I wanted to make this line of leak proof underwear. So that was kind of like yeah. the initial reason for talking to women in general about the category. And, um, 
I, you know, I went where this is when I was starting to look into this, um, it's called stress incontinence, which is like the medical term, but Mm -hmm. no one really knows what it's called. Um, and it was kind of being deemed like one of the last medical taboos. So like one of the last things that hadn't become a part of the conversation. Um, and so I did, I went where I like to ask questions that I don't want to ask anyone else, which is the internet. Um, cause I always think that people like ask Google the things that they're afraid to say out loud. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just, you know, spent a lot of time on chat room forums and like creating a safe space where people felt comfortable opening up to me. But the goal was a physical product. Um, and then the surprise was like the goal, the goal was a physical product that addressed a, a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and a pretty widespread sort of, you know, nuisance that people face. The surprise was the emotional side of everything. Right. Of course. Mm -hmm. That I just hadn't considered. Like I hadn't considered how, you know, um, leaks can make you feel about your sexuality and the effect that it has on your relationship with your partner or how it made you anxious when you got changed at a a change room in the gym. So you stopped going to the gym. Like I, I just, when you start right. understanding what that whole customer experience looks like, you just, you're like, whoa, you know, yeah. um, somebody really needs to do this and they quite frankly need to do it right. Um, so, yeah. well, it's like not even a customer experience. It's just the human experience of being a woman. <laughs> totally. Not yeah. a, I mean, my thoughts are that like so many of these products have been designed for when, like for for when you put, first put them on or designed to wear them for like three minutes or whatever it right. is. Absolutely. How we think about design when it comes from a product standpoint, is like, what is this like? What is the role that this product plays in a woman's everyday life? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. How do they feel at 10 PM after a really long day? How do yeah. they feel if this is the only product that they're able to bring with them on a trip or whatever, are they happy with it? And like, I don't think a lot of brands consider the human side well, I, I mean, maybe that's an unfair statement, but I think within the intimates category, I think that the human side has been overlooked for sure. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Okay. I'm mindful of time. We're always committed to keeping these at 20 minutes and yeah. I feel like we could go on and on, but I want to ask you some rapid fire questions um, because this is fun. So what are you currently obsessed with? Ooh, what am I obsessed with? That's a good one. Um, I'm quite into podcasts. Um, yeah, yeah, interestingly (laughs) enough. Um, and I am like a pure junkie for business podcasts. So I love NPR is how I built this. I listen to like every single episode religiously. Amazing. Who inspires you? Mm, Uh, cheesy, but our customers a hundred percent. Wonderful. What's your favorite next product? Um, Ooh, it changes all the time as we make new ones. Um, currently our don't sweat it t-shirt because I am a major, I'm a major, I sweat a lot. So it's like opened up a whole new wardrobe for me. Um, but I wear our underwear every single day and, uh, live in our bras. So it's like asking a a parent to pick their favorite child. Right. Fair Mm -hmm. enough. Um, last book you read? Ooh, the last book I read, um, that's a good one. Shoe dog, the Phil Knight biography. Yeah. Yeah. I like uh-huh. that a lot. Mm-hmm. Me too. Right now, um, my whole team is doing a book report on the Zappos book. 
Ah, customer yeah. service. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, what was the last thing you Googled? Um, oh, shipping Toronto customized shipping boxes. <laughs> <laughs> this is founder talk. This exciting. is exciting no <laughs> talk right here. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. Yeah. I love it. And if you could revolutionize one thing right now in the world, in your community, what would it be? Um, I'm really, I feel like a big mission of mine at the moment is to, as a female founder, be a lot more transparent and kind of like doors open about a lot of the stuff that I've had to, to learn on the go, especially being in Toronto where we don't have a huge community. So um, that's something that I'm a big advocate for of the moment at the moment. Yeah. Oh, thank you for existing. <laughs> and our favorite last question that we wrap every podcast with here at Uncorked is what is making your heart beat faster? Um, I think, you know, seeing, seeing the feedback that we've been getting by shifting our, our marketing to be more customer centric has been something that is super exciting for me because ultimately for us to affect the change that we want in the world, it's going to be so much more than just a brand. I think every single person and woman has a role to play in that. And so just seeing that that hypothesis is working is really, really cool. Amazing. Mm-hmm. That's a wrap. Joe, okay. thank you so, so much. I really appreciate you taking the time and we are really excited to stay on the, the journey with you of, uh, yeah, making women feel awesome naked. I love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks. Thanks.